This premiere episode of the Hail to the District podcast is sponsored by K&N Engineering. K&N's replacement air filters are designed to increase horsepower, improve vehicle performance, and provide excellent engine protection that lasts for the life of your car, truck, or motorcycle. As the original performance filter of NASCAR, K&N air filters are made from multiple layers of oiled cotton filter that provide superior airflow, resulting in crisper throttle response and more torque throughout the engine RPM range, and also excellent filtration to help ensure a long engine life. They're easy to install and come with a worry-free K&N Million Mile Limited Warranty. Stop buying cheap throwaway paper air filters again and again. Go to KN filters.com slash podcast and get a great deal on a canon replacement air filter with free shipping and as a bonus you'll also get a free canon hat once again visit www.knfilters.com slash podcast and see why millions of canon air filters have been sold since 1969 welcome to the hail to the district podcast with your host rajan nanavati Welcome to the inaugural Hail to the District podcast. For those of you who don't know, my name is Rajan Nanavati, and I'm excited to be once again rejoined by my good friends Neil and John to discuss your didn't make the playoffs and just fired their head coach, Washington Wizards. We'll consider this podcast the eulogy for the 2015-2016 season, if I can talk properly. So gentlemen, the playoffs start tomorrow, and we will be on the outside looking in. Your thoughts? Crappy. I just don't I don't even care about any of the first round matchups this year because the Wizards aren't in it and they're all, you know, they're pretty straightforward. I don't really see too much upsets happening. That's just a little bit of sour grapes although you're 100% right. Yeah. But yes. It's so a, it's a very uninspiring first round. Yes. It's kind of, it's kind of like the NFL, well no, not the NFL playoffs. Who was going to say when baseball when once the Nationals choked away not last year but two years ago and I'm like I don't care about baseball. What's baseball now? Right. I don't care anymore. I'll I'll watch a lot more of the NBA postseason because I will. But like you got yes, uh, Warriors, man. I mean, yes. you just have to watch like what they're going to do. But I'll care You're more sour- like the conference finals. Yeah, actually the second round no. has some very good potential. The second round especially out west yeah. is going to be really good. But, but regarding we'll the stick Wizards, with the... I mean, it was an inconsistent season, and you know the East got really good this year, and well, they just couldn't keep up. The... I mean, they were injured. They they were probably what they were one of the most injured teams, uh, well, like three quarters. Memphis in. was. No, there was actually a stat where the Wizards had the most uh, injuries, like up to a certain point in the season. Was, uh, as of, I think, a couple of days ago, the Wizards were third in the league in man games lost, yeah. only behind New Orleans and Memphis. It was 277 man games lost, which is, that's a that's basically three seasons. It's more than three. It's about three and a half seasons worth of, mans, of man games. But if you actually know how so, to construct a roster, it shouldn't impact you that much. What are you talking about? We have a top five GM. We have he a bottom, bottom. I, he'd be lucky to be called <laughs> bottom five pace. GM. He's bottom two. He's bottom. Can you three, name I, a GM I, worse than him right now? Who's I the Sacktown one? <laughs> oh, Vladi. 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 Okay, Vladi's one. <laughs> yeah. And I'm struggling. I don't think there's another yeah, one. Now that the Philly guy's out. Yeah. I Sam pour one out for Sam Hinkie. I still love. I would Sam rather Hinkie. have Sam Hinkie than Ernie Grunfeld. Any day of the I week. Can't, 
if I ever resign from my next job or whenever that may be, I'm turning in a 13 page resignation. I'm going go to go 14 pages. You should. That was a boss move. And I think he was talking about like some national geographic shit in there. It was fantastic. <laughs> like, it's just like, I'm going to do that. Some Steve Irwin crocodile hunter references. God rest his soul. That's going to be fantastic. Brooklyn GM. I don't think he's very good either. It was Billy King, and that fired. was my other guess too. But he got—I was going to say—I think he got fired. Yeah, yeah and they so. hired somebody from the Spurs, and I can't remember his name. Oh, well, it's automatically uh, better. I yeah, mean, yeah. But it's still—why would you want to take the Nets job? Because the Nets don't have any draft picks for like the next. Uh, they miss a draft pick every other year for the next five years. It's your way into the GM circle, and you probably get a nice paycheck every other every other week. Very true. I was going to say, John, it's the way we talked about the other day. It's the it's the, uh, it's the cronyism mentality. Once you get in, you're in. Right. Because like the average GM is like no better than a a, a top rate fan. Because, but the but the thing is, is that 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 GM had connections, and they are in that good old boy network, and they can work their way into that inner circle. It's not that they are smart and intelligent and know the most about basketball. It's that they knew the right people. Your qualifications mean nothing when it comes to these high-power jobs. Right. They mean nothing. So back on the Wizards, they lost their 277 man games comprised Beal losing, uh, Beal missing 27 games, which actually seems like a low number, but I did the math and it was only 27 games. He only started in 35 games, which you know that's wonderful. His career lows in both um, <laughs> stats, but well, career losing, high missed games, right? <laughs> yeah, career high in missed games, career low in started games. Um, Beal, Alan Anderson, which I think he played for like seven or eight minutes this season, and he got in a couple fights or a couple of fisticuffs during those minutes. But other than that, he basically. But didn't John do Wall loves else. him, so you know we need to bring yes, him back. John Wall does want to bring him back because that you know I don't really know why. I'm he actually sure. did play well when he played. You know, for the all seven minutes, he he actually did play well. Gary Neal, who got hurt, and then we <clears> waived him. Thank God. Drew Gooden, who is old as sin yet still younger than did us, he play a game. He played early he played on. Played lots of games. Game. Oh, really? And then he, he played towards heard. the end because they actually, you know, went down the bench. I heard nothing about that games. dude this season. I remember he was like making crazy ass shots last year. I heard nothing about him this. He season. was hitting threes all the time, and then this year, yeah, no, nothing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, that's because his role pretty much because Nene took over a lot of his minutes when Nene got pushed to the bench. And then you had, you know, the Jared Dudley, Marquise Morris filling out the starting four spot. So that's what kind of nudged uh, Drew Gooden down the line. Oh, speaking of Nene, you'd never be surprised. You'd never guess this, but he missed 25 games this year, too. Not surprised. Yeah, he only missed a quarter. I mean, that's the whole reason why Denver traded them. Like, oh, wait, this guy never plays more than 60 games. Why did we pay him so much? Actually, Denver and their genius move. Um, when everyone had the money that to sit on and they were like, okay, over the last 10 years, we have pissed away money on dumb contracts and dumb players. Let's not waste it. And what do they do? They went and they re-up Nene for like a large amount of money. Yep. It was amazing. It was basically like the entire lockout situation where they got the amnesty clause and everything like that didn't happen. They were like, okay, are we ready and free to go give dumb contracts to players now? Because I really want to go give some dumb contracts The problem away. was is that Nene was one of the better free agents on the market because that free agent market pool was so terrible that summer that they had to overpay him That's just to keep him. Best and then time they had to be extreme buyer's remorse. 
So let's talk more about the idea of you have a player on your team who's a free agent but injury prone and you have a lot of money under the cap and you're forced into a situation where, where he's going to command a lot of money on the free agent market and he, you know he's going to miss 20 games a year, but he's going to command a ton of money and you either have to re-sign him or have a big old hole in your well, roster. Maybe he doesn't miss 20 games a year, but he only gives you 30 minutes a game. Okay, are you going to pay $19 million for a player whose name may rhyme with Fradley Feel to play yes. 30 minutes a game? I think you try yes. to trade him. I think you, you try to, to trade him. If you really, if you, like, so Nene bit them, right? I mean, this it's almost exactly like a Nene. Ex- well, I mean, he's much better, obviously, but don't you want a reliable player? Like, do you think, would you rather have somebody lesser quality that you can rely on? A little less quality. Would you, I mean, I know this is what the market rate is, but I mean, if you really look at it objectively, are you going to pay 18 to $19 million a year, whatever the max number is going to be this summer, for a player who just is coming off a 17-3-3 season? If you're Ernie, yes. So here's another funny thing is whoever they sign is going to be making more than John Wall. And, and a lot more than John Wall. It's going to piss him off. And they there was supposedly some chemistry issues like between Wall and Beal, like a little bit. And so if Beal comes back making a butt-ton more money than Wall – Wall is is he's a little baby man when it comes to that stuff. He's he's not gonna like it. I I, I dread to see what'll happen there. But you have so to Wall's salary him. right now is fifteen eight. Oh my god, that's so cheap. That that's cheap, yeah. In comparison to Nene, is making thirteen flat, which is ridiculous, and and uh, and Gortat is making eleven point two million, which jesus christ i mean I, I we defended the gortat signing you had to make that deal it wasn't awful it wasn't good but it wasn't awful he, he's so but it looks better every year though yeah like right now I, that's, that number sounds phenomenal try and sign a free agent a decent free agent for 11 mil no you're not gonna happen so i mean that right now that deal looks really good markeith morris for only eight million a year looks better and better <clears throat> it does it does said porter was banged up a lot all season porter didn't miss quite as much i know he had a stretch a couple of weeks ago where he missed some time but he he wasn't right but i mean the guy is he's so gangly and thin that it's just uh you know he's not gonna be able to take the wear and, and tear he's especially when, weak that's an <laughs> entirely different matter but when you know randy whitman who is no longer with the team was forcing him to play players play against players who are much larger than him they're going to bang with him all you know down low where he's just not equipped to play. Um, That's not going to hold up good when you have to do that for 82 games a year or some permutation thereof. Speaking of Randy. Yeah, nobody saw that coming. No, we all saw that coming. We were just hoping that Ernie would be out the door with him, but that clearly is not happening. Did you see um, his, his press conference I think of all the dumb things he said, he said a, he said a couple lot of, really, of dumb things. He said a lot of dumb things. But the two dumbest things are the two that took the cake that he probably ate before the press conference. <laughs> one one was that um, everyone's like, would you consider this season a failure? He goes, no, this season went mostly according to plan. What? So Yeah, yeah you he, planned to go backwards. Good job. You idiot. planned to regress and screw everything over and fire your head coach at the end of the season. I mean, how dumb can you be? And then the second one, which, I mean, I would have thrown my shoe like an Iraqi news reporter at him if I was in the in the stance or in the uh, in the press row 
listening to him. Somebody mentioned something about they're like, well, why didn't you know? Why didn't you force Kelly Oubre to play more? And he's like, well, you can't play everyone, and there were other players we needed to play. Bullshit. Who the fuck did you need to play? You got to play big buckets, Marcus Thornton, all the minutes. You got to play Marcus like, Thornton like Dudley, and Jarrell. Got to play Dudley a lot. Did you? Did you guys see? They stopped playing Dudley over the <laughs> or once they got Marquise Morris. You, Dudley was one of the best shooters in the league, and they got Marquise, and they're like, Dudley, we're not going to play you anymore. Did you guys because, see the last game of the season where Ubre just had some? He had this sick dunk. He just drives the lane and just crushes it. And you're yep. like, oh yeah, athletic uh, a three. That's not, that's not what this team needs at all. We did not need a three and D guy. Oh, we clearly God. did not need a three and D guy at this point. He, but you know what we needed? We needed more Marcus Thornton. Yeah, th- that's the one that drove me nuts. I'm like, I was I was so I was so happy when they got rid of Gary Neal, and I was like, all right, Mark Marcus Thornton's fine, but. How do you not just play Kelly Oubre? Oh, because you don't value young talent. Hence, you give away a first-round pick to give Marquise Morris, and then you claim it as, well, he's he's our first-round pick this year, so and he's an accomplished player, so that's better than a fr- No, you idiot. You could have gotten Marquise Morris and kept your first-round pick if you weren't fleeced by the Phoenix Suns because you're a terrible GM, you moron. And now— you're going to be stuck with, well, you have nobody who's going to come back because either between Grunfeld or Whitman, they burned all the bridges they possibly could. And next year's team is going to have a, well, going into the offseason, we're going to have a butt ton of money and we're going to spend it on dumb players and give max money to Beal, which we're going to have to. They and have then to who give knows? max money to Beal. The question is, who else do they give max money to? And then the question is, who accepts it? Because the two candidates are you dump money on Nicholas Batum or Harrison Barnes. So Aaron Aflalo might also opt out. Yeah, I can't I wait for max money on Aaron Aflalo because that's exactly what this team needs. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't give shooting. him a penny. I know. You wouldn't give him a penny? I think no. he's still decent. And he definitely no, he hasn't some, been good in two or three years. He brings years, some perimeter I, defense. I think he's actually not terrible. I'd rather give so my go, minutes to Kelly Oubre. That's a fair point. But again, Going back we to need a coach that a develops talent. Yeah, that too. Speaking of coach, so going back to Whitman because – the more you read about Whitman over the last couple of days, it was pretty terrible. Like if you go back and you look at the entire body of work and you're like, okay, the refusing to play the young guys, which, you know, he started doing that with Porter, did it with Ubre this season, trying to make Chris Humphreys a stretch four. That was, I mean, that turned out to be obviously a big failure, but the more and more you read about it, they're like, the players hated Whitman. And usually when a coach gets fired, you're going to hear a couple guys be like, yo, you know, we could have done more for him or we could have played harder for him or coach got done wrong or whatever. Everybody was like, yep, you need to go. Like, th- not surprised. I sh- we, we don't want to keep him, you know, good riddance. I mean, they didn't say good riddance, but if you read between the lines, they basically said good riddance. There was all the talk about they had that players only meeting, which is never a good thing. Um, in late January, and at some point, they basically just stopped listening to him. He became David Blatt, you know, where they just stopped listening to him. They started doing literally whatever they wanted to, and uh, he basically refused to make any adjustments. The uh, the the big notable one was um, when uh, I think Carmelo was scorching Porter, and like for like two or three quarters, he didn't do anything until he finally put Markeith on him. But I think one of the ones where they got really pissed off was when Kobe was scorching them. I think it was in December when the Lakers were in town and Kobe put 30 on them or something in that neighborhood. And the players were like, you know, we need to switch up our rotation on him. Like whatever we're doing on Kobe right now is not working and the Lakers suck and they're beating us. And Whitman's like, nope, we're just going to keep doing more of the same and hope it works out. 
he probably figured, oh, they're a shitty team. They'll come back down to the mean. But, uh, yeah, that didn't happen. No, the uh, Whitman was probably thinking about that for the Lakers at the time. Right. But so if you're saying that they did whatever they wanted at the end of the season and they still lost, I mean, that was not really. But I mean, after the all-star break, they were better. The defense improved. There was that one aberration five game winning streak right before we did the last podcast. There were more signs of improvement basically after they stopped listening to Whitman than for the first half of the season when they listened to Whitman. They were, but the they whole... weren't like that much better, like record wise, right? No, no they... record wise, they weren't. Yeah. They really weren't. They did finish 500, go... which was a shocker to me. Yeah, that is surprising given where they were um, at one point in the season. You could make an argument that a lot of the a lot of the wins at the end of the season were against teams that either mailed it in or you know, were saving themselves for the playoffs outside of the one win against Atlanta, which God knows what the hell they were doing and why they played that way a couple of days ago. At least you went out with a win. The irony was that Whitman didn't even focus on defense because we wanted to go with a new pace and space because, you know, some is good, more is better. And all the players were like, we we didn't do anything or we didn't put in any new adjustments on defense for this new scheme on offense. And they brought in a ton of new guys. Who didn't really fit your scheme on top of that, but that's... And you didn't integrate them at all. And they were like... Like, the opposing teams easily adjusted to any defensive rotations or schemes that we had. Like, it was basically... You would go in with the first grade level defense, and somebody would watch that and be like, oh, I can break that defense in three seconds. And then, of course, Whitman's like, I don't know what to do. I'm That's really surprising, given, like, that they played such good defense last year. It's uh, I think the guy I think the team just real just didn't think that defense won, especially when you watch a team like Golden State, like they play amazing defense, but nobody ever looks at that. They just look at their run and gun, hook up a bunch of shots that are really good shots, actually, and they go in. And so other teams just want to emulate the offense and they just say, screw it on defense. Yeah, but you gotta be really dumb to look at Golden State. Like you have to be the really armchair. I don't know anything about basketball. I just see orange ball go through twine type of fan to not see the beauty of what they're doing on defense and the ability to you know all the wing guys they have, the ability to kind of match up on so many different ways, hide Steph Curry on defense and still be this good. Like y- yes, I get exactly what you're saying that people are like, oh, we should just score more and you know and do the seven seconds or less style, but it doesn't work that way because you also have to stop the other team. And that's the beauty of what the monster that is Golden State is doing right now. Like, like yes, you're not going to have Draymond Green. You're not going to have Andre Iguodala. You're not going to have six foot seven Clay Thompson who's a really good defender. You're not going to have those pieces. What Golden State is right now is a complete abnormality in every way. But at least try to emulate what they're doing with the guys you have as opposed to just half-assing it. Yeah, but I don't. they just didn't have the personnel to pull it off. But they, Nobody has the personnel to pull it off. That doesn't mean you have to suck ass on defense or completely just give it up. The thing is, Nobody has. They didn't need to change a whole lot. The, the whole thing was play the whole scheme that you were playing last year, just take less mid-range shots and take more threes. That's all they had to do. They, had to, they didn't have to do anything with pace. They didn't, they didn't need a stretch four. They just needed better shot selection, and that would have solved a lot of problems. And instead they tried to completely revamp things here's the difference between what a good team does or a team with the brain does and what the wizards do which is a team without the brain without a brain 
Golden State rolls out their best lineup in the fourth quarter when it's time to put your foot on the throat. We start the game with our best lineup and then don't have any adjustments afterwards. Golden State brings out the Iguodala, Hep Barnes, uh, Clay, Steph, and Draymond lineup in the fourth quarter, and you're done. Like either it's you know play enter Sandman, good night. It's all it's all over. But we start the game off with that. Of course, we don't have that type of lineup. Say, and then we when have, we don't have nearly the personnel to pull that off, our bench was pretty terrible. I don't understand. I mean, I, I get it's a little bipolar, but why wouldn't you go three quarters with the grinded out style of game we had last year? Kind of like what Whitman did last year where we played the entire season with the grinding out style and kind of playing possum. And then all of a sudden you spring it on them that, hey, by the way, we've got this Cadillac lineup, which we can go to when we need it, but not go to it all the time and have nothing else to live on. But that's what I was saying. They could have played the whole season. They could have, exactly, they could have played the point. same way they were playing. Just with slightly better shot selection. They just and didn't want to play ca- defense. Cadillac. Like the the players just didn't want to play defense. Like no, I, they want to play defense. I can't imagine Whitman said play less defense, right? Like I can't. Like I don't understand why uh, suddenly then they would become so bad. It's not going to be based on defensive adjustments either. It's just going to be like you got to put in the effort to play defense. There's a lot of times where they were just flat footed and guys yeah. would just go by. I mean that's not. That's not a coaching issue. That's like no, it is a coaching issue because they lost energy. When you can't get up for games, that's a lack of effort, and that's on the coaches. So, or you're not making any adjustments. So, did they to when when your guys and they consistently burn. lacked effort, particularly at home in like the first half of the season. They would get complacent. They'd be at home. They thought they were they were so good, and they just didn't put the effort in. And they get, and then they get beat by the Lakers, or like this what was the San Antonio game, and then there was a game a couple of days ago where something similar happened. I can't, I think it was the Sixers where they'd be up like twenty three to nothing, and then all of a sudden at halftime it's tied up. Yeah. If I mean, the Wizards every... didn't get to a hot start. You knew the game was gonna was gonna go south because we sure as shit don't play in the third nope. quarter. Rarely. Yeah, third quarter is definitely a coach's uh, is an indication of the coach is, is pretty shitty. But when they consistently made no adjustments at halftime, tried to continue with the same shit, and it didn't work, and they come out cold. The players outwardly said that we have no adjustments whatsoever. Walls said it. Dudley said it louder a lot. Dudley is not coming back because he basically just, as politely as possible, torched this organization. He was like. And mostly Whitman, he was like, this guy has no idea what he's doing. And he said it. And, you know, the whole quote-unquote mutiny that the players have had, Dudley was basically the biggest one. And Dudley's not a malcontent. He just realized that Whitman was awful as a coach. Well, And their assistant coaches are terrible. They have the worst assistant coaches in the league. Yeah, that guy who's supposed to help us bring Durant here. I'm sure he's doing a whole lot of good right now. Nope, nope, not at all. But Scotty Brooks will. Yeah, Scotty Brooks is going to do it. He's going to be We'll get to... He's going to be the next head coach. I'm calling it. Well, I don't think that's that's kind of like saying, you know, the Wizards are not going to get Durant. I'm calling it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Maybe it's not that obvious. but I just find it funny that they're still focused on getting Durant when that clearly is not going to happen. And to make it's a so... coaching decision based on that assumption is idiotic. Like That's Ernie. Doesn't Don't agents like run the league's – behind the scenes all sports leagues yeah so how is ernie not going hey kevin durant's agent 
do you have interest in coming to DC? And then he did you guys? They'd be like, "Fuck no, I'm I'm not coming to DC." And he'd be like, "Okay, I'll, all right, we'll get a different coach then." <laughs> but no, he's like, "Maybe if I get Scotty Brooks, that will convince him." It's uh, I think Ernie was like, "Hey, Scotty, Scotty, when was the last time you talked to Katie?" Oh, all right, all right, you talked to him last week. Okay, want to be our head coach? <clears throat> Slight left turn, but did you guys watch the thirty for thirty on Orlando? Yes, I watched it. I watched it today. It was excellent. I missed, I missed it, but I remember that team very vividly because they were the uh, only – they were the primary contenders Threat to the Bulls. To yeah. the Bulls, absolutely. So I watched the first half. I haven't seen the second half, but the thing that jumped out to me almost immediately, and John's point about the agents just brought this up, was that Shaq's agent from day one, and I'm convinced wanted of this, was like – Wanted him to be in L.A. Wanted him to be in L.A. Yep. I'm convinced of this, and I'm convinced that the only reason Shaq – or the biggest reason that Shaq ended up going to L.A. was because his agent drove him well, there. And, and, and Orlando fucked up. I mean, Orlando did fuck up, but all at they the had same to do time— was say, what, how much money do you want? All right, we'll give it to you. That's but all they the had to do. the plan from day one, which I didn't realize at that time, because we were still a bit young when that happened, but was that he wanted to go to L.A., or his agent wanted him to yep. go to L.A. Yeah, I so, can't yes. really fault him. I mean, go to a big market team. Shaq was like one of the most dominant forces to like come out of school. But he was already a big market on his own. He was a super-duper star in Orlando. Yeah, so go <laughs> if you go to L.A. and become a super-duper star in L.A., that is going to be so much more money than a super But I don't think it was Orlando. that much more money. That's exactly. I don't think it was making that, that much money. I think the endorsements and just the all the side deals that you don't hear about, I think they just come more plenty in L.A. than they would uh, in Orlando. And I think just being part of the – you know, the A-list clubs and shit like that, you get more of that in L.A. You you are a star in L.A. You're an NBA player. You get the A-list shit wherever you go. Yeah, but do you want to be clubbing in L.A. or you want to be clubbing in Orlando? Shaq's movie deal, the Re- was it Reebok he had the shoot deal Reebok. with? Yes. Um, and and I'm missing I'm missing a myriad of other Pepsi. endorsements that he Taco had. Taco Bell. Pepsi, yes. Right. All of those were Orlando. Yeah. How many? How much? I mean, again, to Neil's point about the side deals and stuff like that, we may never know. Income but how much did going free. to LA incrementally increase his value outside of you know the salary that he might have gotten in Orlando? I really, I mean, in LA, he was a. In to the point of the thirty thirty, he was bigger than Jordan. Yes. When. Nine. I when mean, Jordan right. Jordan was making his comeback. Yeah, and we're a part of Jordan's sabbatical, and or oh, you know, during yeah, during the off years, baseball area. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. All right, then I will agree with that statement. He was, he was definitely lead. he was definitely bigger than Jordan. Yeah, and then Penny came in, and Penny was ate into some of the ego of a twenty twenty three year old. Oh man, Penny was so good. He was so good. So, so good. good. I you know. And then See, they ran his ass into the ground. Oh man, that ain't, like just watching those guys get hurt and Grant Hill being hurt—that's just tough. I mean, uh, that that was going to be a spectacular. Grant Hill had the ability to be like top five ever. Like he was so complete. He was Grant such Hill still a- had like what a, a fifteen-year career, thirteen-year career, even after not being in the league for like three yeah. years. Yeah. he still had it. He still had a nice career. He could have had a great career though. He could have had a I phenomenal don't know if... He could have been like, like I said, top five. Easily, I think he could have done it. I think he, I think he had the ability to almost do that. The funny thing about the Orlando thing was the the relationship to the Thunder. 
where it's like, oh, they have this chance, they make it to the finals, and then it's all gone. Nick Anderson misses four free throws in a row. Anderson misses four three. Oh my god! I can't. I didn't remember that until I I watched I that. that and I went, oh my! And that ruined his career. Yeah, he didn't want to go. He didn't want to get fouled. He never wanted to go um, to the free throw free throw line. Did they cover the bit in the thirty for thirty? Because I said I watched the first half. I turned it off right before they talked about the ninety five finals with Houston. Ninety five? Yeah, ninety four was Knicks Rockets. So ninety five finals. Um, I turned it off right before then, so I saw the first half of it. Did they cover the fact that, about Grant Hill's injury? And like, there was one there was point where they considered no Grant Hill. Okay, there's nothing about it. Nope. So I remember with the specific thing with Grant Hill, that his foot injury got so bad that they briefly at one point thought they'd have to amputate it. Yeah, no, no, there was no Grant like, that's Hill. How messed it was up. when Penny left for uh, Phoenix. The, that's when okay. it ended. We wanted to pause the conversation and give a shout out to one of our sponsors for today's podcast, and that's Ken's Anglers. Corporate fly fishing trips in Colorado are the new hot item for 2016. They're a great option for team bonding events, so why not try having your team retire their business suits and instead surround themselves with the breathtaking nature and adrenaline-pumping action of fly fishing? Ken's Anglers has years of professional experience as guides, and corporate fly fishing trips is where Ken's Anglers excels. So contact www.kensanglers.com that's www.kens-anglers.com or call 303-501-5247 again that's 303-501-5247 give Ken a call today So back to Scotty Brooks, or back to referencing the Thunder and referencing this whole left turn about agents and shit like that. But Scott Brooks is going to be the head coach, barring, and I think this I is think the big factor. I think it's barring he gets a better offer. Exactly. I completely agree. I think I think we've put so many eggs in the Scott Brooks basket. What happens if he takes another offer somewhere else? Which, do you blame him? No. But um, I think that's what, good for the, the Wizards, better offer, man. Though? <laughs> another team? Tell you your Scott Brooks in Minnesota comes calling. Minnes- That's not damn tempting. I guarantee you, call it now, Thibodeau is going to Minnesota. Done. I think Thibs thinks about the Knicks or Lakers. He wants a big market. Uh, no, I, th- I think he goes to Minnesota because of the talent. They're so – so basically Minnesota is the next Orlando Thunder team. They have all the young talent. They get the right coach in. They have experience. They'll make the leap next year, and then some – Thing will happen and they'll fall flat on their face. But they're the Something next I big found team. Very ironic was that Car- Carmelo supposedly and quietly wants Thibodeau as the coach, which Thibodeau is going to make his fat ass run. I find that and hilarious. I really too. And so do I. I find it ironic on so many levels. Um, but that's reportedly what who he, Carmelo wants as the head coach. I think it's going to be really funny to see what happens because I think Phil Jackson wants to bring Kurt Rambis back, and Kurt Rambis is horrendous. No, I don't think anybody wants Kurt, Kurt Rambis back. I think Phil wants Kurt I Rambis don't think, back. No, Kurt, he's not coming back. Kurt was uh, praising the triangle, though. Like I, He's exactly. playing the game. He like knows what, what you know Phil wants no, he's to not. hear. He, he won't be back. I think Phil's the front runners. God, God bless him, or Kurt Rambis and David Blatt, which both of them would be a colossal oh, train wreck. God. David Blatt would be so terrible for that team. Can you imagine you... Melo being coached by Blatt after Blatt just got ousted by his good friend LeBron? LeBron's best friend. Oh, I can't imagine the vote of confidence he's going to give David Blatt or if tell Melo. If they Mello. hire him, don't, don't you see the whole, you know, 
LeBron, CP3, Carmelo, Dwayne Wade on some other team thing happening. If they hire Blatt, I guarantee you that within one year, Phil Jackson retires. <laughs> just yeah. walks away. Like, I, he just goes and retires into a little cabin in Montana, <clears throat> him and Jeannie. Like, it just walks away. Wouldn't you? Brooks is going to be the head. If Scotty Brooks doesn't take the job in Minnesota, um, who is Minnesota? Minnesota wants Dave Jorger, Jorger. Jeff but Van Gundy. Wait, how is he available? He's not. He's the head coach of Memphis, which I was confused about the, by that one, and too. And he's, he's a legitimate coach of the year candidate. Yeah, because uh, he started Yumi and Dupree on his roster. And they're in the but, playoffs. Um, what if the T-Wolves went after Luke Walton? Won't get him. Walt's not taking him. Luke Walton's Walt's either going to be in New York or he's going to be in L.A. Yeah, it's going to be one of those two. I would agree with that. As much as both both situations are a total train wreck, it's going to be one How of those the two. the Lakers not fired Byron Scott yet? Once you're a Laker, you're They're always a Laker. Oil, man. Like, how do you not? Like, he's terrible. He's worse than Randy Whitman. I bet you if Lamar Odom walked up to Jim Buss and said, it's Jim, right? That's the kid. That's Jeannie's brother. Whoever the idiot is. Yeah. Yeah. Right, Jimmy Buss, right? Yeah. And if Lamar Odom walked up to him and said, I want myself and a Kardashian to be running in the front office, I think Jimmy Dolan would do it. Uh, Jimmy Buss, sorry, not Jim Dolan. Jimmy Buss would do it because that's how the Lakers roll. Like, if you're a Laker, you're always a Laker. That's just how they roll. Why do you think they left, they've hung on to Kobe for God knows how long? Sells tickets. That too. Stupid Lakers fans. You he dro- he can drop 60 about points on 50 shots. 50 shots what a colossal joke he set a career mark for most shots i'm like wait isn't this the guy that scored 81 points i will go on the record and say i would rather watch john huck up 50 jump shots in his front yard than watch a game with kobe put up 50 shots what an atrocity i'm telling you that was a professional disappointed and i think john could make eight three-point shots on 50 attempts oh absolutely ridiculous that was an atrocity there would be a couple air balls in there but yeah sure franchise record and losses in your in your you know farewell season good job but. i like how he said for 20 years people told me to pass the ball and for one night everybody told me to shoot and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> As if you matters. certainly did sir <laughs> good job you shot 44 percent on the night that so reasons back to scotty brooks would keep diverging scotty his last five seasons in Oklahoma City, um, 55 wins, 47 wins in the strike year, 60 wins, 59 wins, and 45 wins. He, and 45 wins. The whole was thing in is the, he uh, won with the talent. He had Katie they won in spite of Westbrook. him. So that was an interesting point. I think it was it was Neil's good friend Kendrick Perkins who actually oh my god who came out and really like gave a heavy endorsement of, uh, of uh, Scotty Brooks. And he was basically like, look, everyone's like, well, Scotty doesn't have any schemes and Scotty doesn't do this. And he's, and whatever. They're like, the thing is he actually believes in his players and everybody really wanted to play for him. They're like, all his players loved him. And they really, because he didn't try to jam the square peg in the round hole. They were like, if you have Kevin Durant and you have Russell Westbrook, who are two of the most gifted offensive creators in the NBA, why try to corral that? Now the counter argument could be at least put in some type of scheme to let to kind of you know guide them. But he's like, manage your look, rotation these... in the fourth quarter. Look, why why couldn't you not do anything with James Harden there too? I mean, if you're really gonna trust your, you gotta at least 
learn how to Harden play. wasn't there yet. Harden wasn't what he is today. Harden was pretty he filthy. Was six he just man didn't, of the year when they just, went to the finals. Yeah, he just didn't show up in the finals. But he wasn't a I mean he was a top twenty player at that time. You could easily make the argument. I don't think you would call him a top eight player when he was there. He's still a, a year or two away from really being what we now know as James Harden. But he was a, a Houston trade away. Uh, he I mean, yeah, his maybe, own team. Eh, it's very debatable given the way he played this year. I mean, he was awesome this year, except for everything related to defense. Um, yes, there's sophistic. There's question about the sophistication of Scotty Brooks' schemes. Uh, you know, the, he's heavy on the ISOs. That's all he really does. There's no ball movement there, but again, what ha- that's what happens when you have Russell Westbrook. I don't know, who... man. Billy Donovan comes in and gets 55 wins with that team. Like, how much of it was Scotty now? How much of it was uh, KD? Or did Billy Donovan just come in and be like, hey, what did Scotty do? Oh, he trusted you guys? Fine, go do it. I mean, I don't know. That's the counter-argument that, you know, Scott won in spite of having two of the eight best players in the NBA. Well, the other argument team. is that Scotty Brooks, you know, he, he develops young talent because he got, you know, Westbrook and Durant and Ibaka and Steven Adams. You know, he, he got the most out of them. And I'm like, no, those those are all, you know, good players. And Steven Adams is a decent player. You know, he actually got them to play basketball. It's not hard to get a lot out of people that are good at playing basketball. Not to mention the fact that they've talked time and time again that it was a lot of the players' culture created there about the work ethic and stuff like that. Durant when, you know, first... and Westbrook drove that yeah. team. They actually, yeah. They're the ones that said, screw this. We're tired of losing. We're going to bust our ass. We're going to be in the gym eight hours early. We're going to be here late every night, and we're going to work. And you have made that point a lot of times, too, that Kevin Ollie was a big influence on them in terms of professionalism and, you know, not being a knucklehead and all of those things. When I think Ollie was there for, you know, the tail end of his career, like they had the right mix of veteran leadership and then guys who were self-motivated to actually be good. I mean, Westbrook is still a maniac, but, you know, he's still the most competitive MFR in the league, even this side of Kobe probably. Insane. Yeah. What a season. It's so sad that his season's overlooked by what Steph has done. But I think I I Steph's done what, Ka- what what so, Kawhi's done, what LeBron's done. I mean, this was an amazing season. Yeah, Un- unbelievable. But I mean, Kendrick Perkins, as much as I rip on him, he was also a locker room guy. So you need, especially for a new coach, you need the you know locker room presence that you can trust. And I don't, I don't know, man. Whoever walks into the Wizards is going to have a hard time with that because I don't see a very strong locker room presence in no. that. So to the era. locker room presence. Nene, Dudley, Alan Anderson, Ramon Sessions, Jared Dudley, I said Jared Dudley, Garrett Temple, and Jarrell Eddy, all free agents, and probably gone. The entire roster is basically Wall, assuming Beal comes back, Ubre, and Gortat. And Porter, and Marquise Morris. Right. Yeah. So where's your veteran leadership? Because Gortat was kind of bitchy this year, too. He, he was whiny. Now, I think they all really, really, really hated Whitman. But there was a lot of sniping between, you know, they would all make a lot of snide comments about somebody. And I think there was a lot of, after kind of reading between the lines for a while, I think there was a lot of finger pointing at Wall, which, you know, we're not necessarily used to. But I think a lot of people were like, hey, you know, you're supposed to be the alpha dog of this team and you're not pulling your weight here. Like Wall was good to very good this season, but not a lot was made of the fact that he came into camp overweight. He was a little fat when he came in. 
he kind of hot-dogged uh, hot or freelanced a bit on defense. So his steals number and his uh, and his his defense blocks number this year. blocks number went up. But basically, he was just kind of freelancing yeah, and going for the stats yeah. more than the he one. He was just one. going for diva plays, man. But yeah. that's why I'd, I he's not a leader. Like it's really sad to say. Like I really expected him to step up, especially after last year and how he missed missed the uh, series basically against Atlanta, and they were so close. And I thought he would come out hungry. But he just came out pissy because Reggie Jackson was making more money than him. Yeah. I That's... thought that he would just add that Reggie Jackson thing to his list and that would motivate him. Nope. Yeah. Didn't. You would think that, but uh, nope. They really miss Paul Pierce. Said it a thousand times. That that was just an enormous, enormous loss. It doesn't even matter. It was on a the, zero on game for the Clippers. Enormous loss for the Wizards. Yeah, it, it meant nothing to the Clippers. He's basically on vacation or just doing the Kobe Can farewell tour without coach? the pop and circumstance. God, that would, Ooh, that would be great. That would be interesting. I would love to have him as an assistant coach I here. just want to be the coach and let him get teched up once a game <laughs> for all the trash talk. <laughs> he would be killing the other team. It'd be great. Oh, man. I feel like Paul Pierce's like his swagger and his confidence – was like 65% of why we swept Toronto last year because Toronto was already mentally fragile. And I'll call it right now that I, if there's going to be a big upset in the NBA playoffs, I could see Toronto going down against a team like Indiana. I'm not saying it's going to no, happen. No, they're going to be but Indiana. I could see it. They're going to get over the hump this year just because Indiana, they're, <sighs> all they have is Paul George. They're so weak. You know, DeMar DeRozan is probably going to opt out, and he's going to be unrestricted. Do you throw money at him? That's tempting. But he'll get he'll get bigger money if he stays in Toronto. If he, well, like, he gets an extra year. If he re-signs there, but I mean— That's if he wants to stay there. Yeah, like he might— Still Toronto. Toronto's a nice city. Or do you like try to orchestrate time. a trade? Or he'll, would you trade Bradley Beal for DeMar DeRozan? Do a sign-in trade? Yeah. Yes. As much as I hate to yes. say this, yeah. 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 No, I want to I want to uh, sign Bradley Beal so we can trade him for Cousins. I know I'm delusional at this point, but a year ago that trade totally made sense. Scotty Brooks, so that was another point. Scotty Brooks couldn't corral Russell Westbrook. How the hell is he going to deal with DeMarcus Cousins? What do you mean he couldn't corral him? I thought they he I thought he but like at some point, Westbrook's going to do what Westbrook's going to do, but he's going to do that for anybody. Yeah. I mean, Phil Jackson could be coaching Russell Westbrook, and he's going to, you know, Russie's going to Russie. Like, that's just going to happen. But to the point about Wall, he's kind of on the, not to make a big deal out of it, but he's kind of on the, you don't know if he's a team leader, if he's kind of becoming a little bit of a malcontent. Add DeMarcus Cousins to that mix, and what happens? Oh, yeah, it's, it's shit-feeding yeah. shit. I mean, it's not going to be a pleasant scenario. This isn't adding Paul Pierce, a locker room who exudes professionalism and trash talk, but mostly professionalism as well. Like, this is just DeMarcus Cousins who's going to bitch every single day about my oatmeal's too cold, my oatmeal's too hot, my coffee's too black, my coffee's too white, whatever. They need to bring, I hate to say it, I hate to say it, they need to pay like a couple mil to Kendrick Perkins to straighten up the locker room. No, not no. Perk. Perk is, Perk is three years past being past his prime. You, I can't believe he's still in the league. I know, but he's a locker room guy. Everybody who's been on his team loves him. 
loves him and i don't you know they just love what he like he's just a professional he he knows he sucks he has to know he's garbage he knows he's like one of the only guys who can get away with a nine-step travel for fuck's sake but he still won't go in (laughs) he's so bad yeah He's so dopey. I don't know if Scott if Scott Brooks comes here, Perk might be oh, he here. It's actually a legitimate Scott, he possibility. He love love Perkins. Oh my god! And we'll have the roster spot available for him. Much to my <sighs> chagrin, Thibodeau doesn't look like he's a candidate. He's here not even fits. like mentioned. So he's he's mentioned, mentioned no. a couple. Yeah, a couple of CSN reports have mentioned no. him. I think Yahoo said he's not a legit he's, contender, he's but. There's two big things against Thibodeau. Number one is I think a couple of the players said, like, I don't want to play for Thibodeau because I don't want to play 83 minutes a game with, you know, no rest in between because Tom Thibodeau doesn't believe in rest. And there was a story that when Ernie was in New York, um, Tibbs basically worked for Ernie for a week and it's like, fuck this. I'm not working. I'm not working for this organization. Well, no, anymore. they were going to hire out. him for, to work under Flip. And was that what it was? Yeah, they were going to hire him to work under Flip, and he said no, and he took the job in Boston to work under Doc. Yeah, so that's, that's a better move. So point being, he's already walked yeah, out on. So on, that's why Ernie is going to be like, good old boy network. This guy yeah, dissed me once. Not, exactly. I'm not going to go he's to him mentioned. again, even though he might be my best option. So, of course, it would be a very Wizards move that the other guy on the list is Mike D'Antoni. Oh, God, that would be so bad. What about I Sam would rather Cassell? have Becky Hammonds. I would rather have Becky Hammond. I actually went back to my trusted list of assistant coaches that I would much rather have, and I liked him all better than Mike D'Antoni. By the way, do you know my boy Jim Boylan is the coach in Chicago yeah, now? Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we were still terrible. <laughs> There's... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, coaches can only do so much, man. I mean, you see the product that was put out by the Bulls. It was pretty shit. Which so, you had a shit roster. Uh, uh, yeah. Kind like, of did. The starting five was nice, but after that, it was garbage. We lost Noah for a bit. Nico didn't play up to his strengths. I mean, we, me. Dougie, Dougie McBuckets, like, he actually showed up at he the end. He turned up at but, the end of the season. Yeah, he was actually decent. He ja, looks like a serviceable player. Justin Holiday was actually a good pickup, and Felicio, the Brazilian dude, he actually could play some decent, uh, like, role He's a nice role center. player. Yeah, but, I mean, you know, Jimmy went into diva mode, uh, which really sucked. Um, Rose was Rose, although Rose was looking pretty solid, but... Yeah, this ain't a Bulls podcast. I could talk a while about them. I, but, I got uh, Jimmy Butler on my as one of my keepers for fantasy basketball next year, so he better turn it up. Yeah, he better not get hurt. Oh. You know who you shouldn't have as your keeper for fantasy basketball is Fred Hoiberg. <laughs> yeah, he's he's really <laughs> he's good. He's so clueless, man. And like the Bulls were like so injured again, and so everybody who's like bashing Thibs like has nothing to say. Like even I said like Thibs ran players in the ground, but. I mean, players, we're just injury-prone. They're I just, just fragile. I just yeah, just fragile. My favorite story is that if him asking Luol Deng if he can play the next day after getting a spinal tap, and I'm like, that just sounds exactly like Tom Thibodeau. Yeah, it's like the dude in, varsity, in the Varsity Blues parody. Can he yep. play? He's like... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. What if... And still, I would have wanted Tom Thibodeau. Sam Cassell, man. I don't want Sam I am here. He's got a relationship I, I, with Wall. That's what you want. Except for like as a yeah, third assistant coach that? who wants to play in pickup games. That's the only reason I want Sam Cassell here. Yeah. Why do you want what? I actually wanted Sam Cassell and then 
the more the more I look into it, the more I think about it. I'm like, no, I don't. I I don't want somebody that has the relationship with Wall and Beal that he has. I want somebody fresh. I think you you can throw a little bit of money at Sam Cassell for just a couple years, and if he sucks, you can cut your losses for cheap. Like the Kings, whoever they get is they're they're not getting a, a title contending coach. Yeah, but they might get They're somebody with a, a recognizable a name. They might get somebody with a recognizable name who they'll have to pay, even if they're not very good. Versus, so two names that are two names that would you consider, and they've been linked to the Wizards' job, but it's light. One is Kevin McHale, and two is Jeff Hornacek. All right, so you traded for Markeith Morris. You gave up your first round pick. You prize Markeith Morris so much because you oh he's so much. So much better than a first-round pick. And you're going to get Jeff Hornacek? Like, really? Why? Reportedly, Horny didn't hate Oh, um, but he just Marquee suspended Morrison. him all the time. True. No argument like, there. I, I, I'm sure that, now, that Marquee Marquee was, was doing bad things and deserved yes. being suspended. But still, it just it, this, this doesn't add up. Okay, let's pretend Marquee Morris wasn't there. bad job. we can't pretend that. Did he do a bad job? Look at the hand he was dealt. Yeah. That, that, that they were as more mismanaged than Washington was. Their roster is pretty terrible. Like they're basically like a hodgepodge of. It's like if you put a bunch of NBA rosters on a dartboard and then just started flinging darts while you're drunk, and then assemble the roster based on where your darts landed. That's didn't Phoenix. they play like three point guards like at a time? <clears throat> And it to. worked for like yeah. a hot second, and then they switched out some of the. They Until switched they out more Isaiah point guards. Thomas for nothing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't Boston's think you go with it. I don't know, man. I don't. Neither of those coaches really. You know. They don't get you excited. Exactly. No coaching candidate that I've heard gets me excited. Oh, dude, there's Vinny Del Negro. I saw Vinny I Del just, Negro's name. He's legitimately going to get a job. <laughs> Sacramento. He's <laughs> he's in running for the Sacramento job. Come, could it be any more comical? I watch him on NBA actually... TV, and I'm like, you're such an idiot. Like, you're just you're no good. He's no good. He's yeah, he, he's, he's so a... monotone. He's so boring. He's, he's non-interactive. Like, who? Nobody wants to play for him. Nobody, nobody wants to be around him. Yeah, it's tough, man. I don't know. I think you take a see. Here's the hard part about Becky Hammond. Like she, she's probably very talented. She's probably very good, but as soon as anybody starts like criticizing or anything, they're gonna just bring up like the gender chauvinism, yeah. sexism. It's just, it's just gonna be a shit show. She is if, not right for this team. Uh, I mean, you need a strong organization, right, to be able to you hold need, that. This you is need not a strong top to retire and then. They hand the reins over to her. Like you need Pop to say Becky Hammond should have my job. While Pop is like the the czar there, kind of like a Phil Jackson yeah. or the Pat Riley. Like she won like the summer league champion. I'm like, who cares? Like everybody on your team wanted to play because they wanted a job in the NBA. Like it's easy to win when everybody's motivated, but it's not or easy you're playing to win for a good when they're not. Or, or you're in an, a winning organization. But you go to somewhere else, and that's not the culture. It's it's incredibly difficult to change. Especially it's not to say anything about her. It's not to say anything about her capability. It's just, it, it, it's just the era that we're in right now that 
as you just said, that, you know, if anything happens or anybody says anything about her or anyone, you know, criticizes her, it's like, oh, you're being sexist or whatever. I'm like, no, it's just we criticize every coach. We spend every podcast we do criticizing Whitman, right? It's not because he's a guy. It's just that's what you're going to do. That's what fans do. it's still going to be harder for the $20 million a year player to listen to Yes, inherently in the chauvinism, the sexism of the national locker room environment. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying it is. Yeah. Right. It is what it I is. I disagree. So it, it, for her, I think she will get a shot. It will take the right team, and it is not the Wizards. Yep. Yeah. We just don't have the organization no. to support that no. type of groundbreaking move. We don't have the or we don't have the organization to think outside the box in general. It'd be a classy organization. Yeah. That's not us. We have Ernie yeah. Grunfeld. Could Minnesota do so, it? No, Minnesota is going to go with a proven, is going to try to get somebody proven. Tibbs. It's got to be. It's got to be. My favorite stat I think I read, um, I can't remember who posted, but credit to whoever did, that there's five GMs or the last, uh, there's who have, been co- who have been the GM for the last 10 years or more is R.C. Buford, um, Danny Ainge, um, and I'm missing two others, but they both have rings. Yeah, I believe it's and, eight and years. A, no GM has Grunfeld. had a position for longer than eight years and not won a ring. <laughs> oh, there Minus it is. Pat Riley. Oh, Ernie Pat, Pat, Pat Riley. Who has had his job for 13 years. Pat Riley, Mitch Kupchak, R.C. Buford, and Danny Ainge. Yeah. And then Ernie Grunfeld. One of these things is not like the other. And yet we have an owner... Who refuses to flush this barnacle like, down the I toilet? Just, I don't get it. Like, you invest all this money in analytics. You're clear. He's Ted Leones is not an idiot. He's a smart guy. Like, but why are you so blinded? And he supposedly really likes the Wizards too, which I don't understand. The whole how the reason be, he bought the Capitals like the is because he wanted the Wizards. <laughs> how can you like the? As Neil was saying, how can you like the Wizards and then continue to employ Ernie Grunfeld? Because he. Because he, well, Ernie's got some. And this is on. what frustrates me as a fan. Like, how can the fans be? How can we protest in such a way that Ted actually understands? And and I just putting up websites. The only way, that, only way you can stop showing yeah, the game. Boycotting the isn't going to do it. Because they already don't get you know loads of fans to to games. We well, got to stop tuning into is- like you know Comcast Sportsnet, <laughs> like lower the ratings. I mean, I don't know. You can't really. You, the, the rich guys are going to be rich regardless. They're not going to care. Like, look at the Bulls. They have still Gar Foreman and John Paxson. Fuck those guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'd rather have them than Ernie. Yeah, but I mean, you can, like, there's still shit out there. So, I mean, whoever you get might be an improvement, but it could still be shit. I'd rather have Tommy Shepard than Ernie. And Tommy Shepard's sitting here in D.C. Waiting to take over. The three of us and our lack of basketball, pro, professional basketball experience. And, and basic... this leads to my thing. We don't have the connections. We just don't have the connections. We also have no experience whatsoever. It doesn't matter. It's basketball. It's not that hard. You want to know why Golden State's so good? Because they got Steph lucky. Curry. Steph Curry. They have Steph Curry, Draymond they, Green. They and... lucked into Steph Curry. <laughs> 
they were they they lucked into not signing Dwight Howard. Oh, how many did they the lucked into not, not signing trading for Kevin Love, and and they lucked into Draymond Green. I don't know. We were pretty lucky to mar- to to get Mike Miller and Randy Oh, Coy. Very, lucky. Yeah. very lucky. Definitely worth it. That was a pretty lucky move. They worked Shoot. out. Ricky and Rubio would have been way better. And he's hurt all the damn time. Anybody would have been better, Mike Miller or Randy Foy. <laughs> I love Anybody. trailer park. Trailer trash. Oh, God. Ugh. All right. On that note, we'll wrap up this podcast so that we can save some commiseration for whoever the Wizards hire and Ernie Grunfeld will run into the ground and not provide him any talent with. The only thing I can hope so, for is that the, the next head coach like just shows how terrible that Ernie is and that Ernie's gone after next year, but it's another year lost. You really want him to uh, show how bad Whitman was. So if the team doesn't respond to him and they end up winning like 40 four games uh i don't know if that's like sufficient so you really need them to step up next year with whoever whoever they get i just don't want i just don't want ernie to stick around (laughs) he's around man not progress he's around for one more year he's so terrible he's the worst negotiator he can't negotiate contracts he gave gilbert the biggest deal ever he's gonna give beal a um Guaranteed max, not even a cent off the max. He's going to give that to him, and he can't negotiate trades. He gives up the farm. I thought I was depressed before, and now I'm even more I know. depressed. I'm sorry. I'm so so. So Katie said to me, she goes, "Hey, you know, I'm going to be going on this cruise. Maybe next year you can get Wizards tickets." And I'm like, "I don't know if I want them." Uh, thanks. I don't know if I want them. Thanks a lot, Katie. I don't know if I want to go support this team next year. We should definitely look at this schedule and uh, let's plan a game, and I'll come up. I'll I'll come down for it. I want my I want my expensive beer and heckling. Well, I'm sure we can find a game. I can't I can't find multiple games. No, one game is all I'm asking. Well, free Neil from Jersey. Let us know. I I have to watch the Knicks and the Nets. Like, please save me. All right. Till next time, thank you for listening. And make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes and on SoundCloud. And until next time, this is us saying fire and grunfell. Thank you for listening to the Hail to the District podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts.